Welcome to the Sports Steady Podcast. Are you back? Been away. We've been away for a long, long time. I mean, I don't know how long it's been. It's been weeks. This is, I believe, this is episode thirty. If I'm not mistaken. If I'm wrong, I'll correct it in the title. But uh, about already seven weeks in the books for the NFL season. Seven weeks in the books. I mean. I think this is a good time now to try to determine who's real, who's not. I wanted to wait <clears throat> to uh, do that episode, but today we're going to talk some NFL week seven, and we're going to kind of give a breakdown of who we think is legit and who's not, as far as like contenders, at least for this first part of the season. Still got 10 games to go for most teams. And then we got the NBA preview. The NBA is back. We're going to be talking about that. And that's it. You know where you can reach us, sportsstadiaprotonmail.com. And those are the two topics for today's episode. <clears throat> Some reason, I'm hearing echo in my microphone. I don't know why. But uh, anyway, all right. So let's start off with, oh, and we can't forget MLB postseason, but we won't dive into that in this episode maybe i'll do a video um sometime this week previewing the world series if you want to chime in on that you can hit us up at sportsstadiaprotimel.com so let's start off real quick for nfl week number seven that took place now a couple of games that stood out to me i want to talk about before I get into the whole who I think is real, who's not. <clears throat> so we've seen uh, the 49ers struggling back-to-back weeks. Questions now are, is Brock Purdy a Purdy? Is he overrated? Is he legit? Uh, was he a flash in the pan? Has the NFL figured him out? That's a good question to, to ponder. Also, the Detroit Lions, who we had as the NFC the team in the NFC that would be the best team record wise have they came back down or they're not as good they got blown out by the Ravens who we thought would not be that good the Ravens are proving to be pretty damn good at 5-2 their first place in their division now the Lions are also 5-2 they're still pretty good but I thought this was an opportunity for Detroit to really get a nice win on the road. Uh, but they 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 got destroyed by the Ravens. So I think that was a big game for Baltimore. As they're five and two so far. Steelers got a big win on the road in LA. How about that? Pittsburgh Steelers who are trying to hang they're four and two, second in the NFC North. Remember uh, Slow start early on, but they're they're quietly right on the Ravens' tail. So the Steelers got a big win on the road. I think that was huge. Not many people uh, thought the Steelers would be would be good. So far, they're looking decent. And the Dolphins and, and the Eagles were the game of the week. Uh, both teams were. Uh, well, look, the both teams are first place in their divisions, and the Eagles showed the Dolphins why they are the best team in the NFL. 
or at least the best team in the NFC, and why the Dolphins may not be the best team in the AFC. Now, Dolphins still got a scary offense. I guess Dolphins-Chiefs will be the next big matchup that we all will want to see, at least later on at some point. Maybe they'll meet up in the playoffs. Chargers and Chiefs took place in Kansas City, and it was all about Travis Kelsey. Chiefs are now 6-1. Chargers are 4-2-4 and uh, two and four on the season. They dropped to third in the AFC West. What is going on? With the LA Chargers, who was supposed to be a really good team this year. Now, it's still 11 games left for the Chargers. They can turn it around. It's still a lot of time left. 11, 10 games left for most teams. So, I'm not going to sit here and say that what's happening through the first seven, six games is going to define the uh, the teams for the rest of the year. I think they're still room for improvement. And I believe that the the NFL, see, here's the deal. I don't think there's no clear cut. I think that I think you got teams like Kansas City, you got Philly, and they're and they're both conferences. And then you got teams like Detroit, who are pretty good. Are they a great team? Are they like, you know, no, they're flawed. But they're about the second, roughly second or third best team in the conference maybe a top five team in the league, but there's not many teams that are like complete. A lot of teams have flaws. So even through the first six, seven weeks, seven games, this whole thing could look different five weeks from now because the gap between maybe the third best team and like the 15th best team in football, it's not that wide. It's really not. It's so, the margin is so small that you can definitely see a scenario where five weeks from now, the teams that are in, in first place now or even in second place could be in third or fourth place in their divisions. It could flip that quickly. So we have to understand that. Oh, my God. Um. So pretty much we're going to have to – let me cut this real quick. Yeah, never mind. We'll just wait. So, <clears throat> this is a dead spot. Let me dead spot it. Okay, we are back. Phone was ringing, so we had to, uh, I'm using, uh, <laughs> the iPhone. I'm using the iPhone for the, uh, camera, so the phone started to, you know, it wasn't ringing, it was an alarm, because we had the alarm set for when I was supposed to wake up, but as you can see, I was already up, because... I don't get sleep much. I only slept for like four hours a day. I was trying to sleep for about six, seven, but that's not going to happen. Sometimes things just don't go according to plan. Anyway, back to what I was saying. So, uh, the, uh, when you talk about the, um, where was I? Yeah, so teams will change over time right like so teams will be uh the teams that are in first place won't be in first place probably five weeks from now at least some of them like Kansas City we fully expect to be there as well as like Philadelphia but uh other teams like 
that are doing really well could not be doing well a few weeks from now. Like, I really think the Dolphins are are going to come back down to earth. They're worse than the AFC East, but I think the AFC is starting to change a bit. AFC East is an interesting division because while Dolphins are first place now, I don't think they're going to end the year first place in that division. I think the big win for New England over Buffalo as the Patriots, in the long haul, the New England Patriots are built to outlast the rest of that division. Now, you can say, well, I'm being biased. Maybe, but I think the later the year goes, the defense, the Patriots defense is built for later months going into the colder weather. And while it's going to be a lot more difficult to get wins, they're going to, you know, Bills are four and three in their second place in the division through seven games, four and three. Many Bills fans probably thought the Bills would lose three games all year. That's how, like, I've seen a lot of people hyping the Bills up, especially in the, uh, up in the Northeast. They were saying the Bills will go, you know, 14 and three. They, you know, they're unbelievable. They're going to smoke the league. This is their year. They already got three losses now through seven. They're one game over 500. And now while the Patriots are three games under 500 <laughs> and they're currently last in the division, I still think the Pats in the long fall, the Patriots teams play better, especially the defenses, they get better as the year goes on. Uh, so I fully expect New England with that experience with the coaching staff and Belichick, the more tape, the more film, he could dissect offenses. offenses. Uh, they've already done a decent job this year against number one receivers, which is going to be very critical later on in the year when you need to depend on your top targets. And the Patriots have already identified these teams and taken out their number one receivers. And they've done it all year long. If the offense can get clicking, which I fully expect, the Patriots are going to be fine. And so we'll see about that. Now, I will say that I'm, I'm really concerned about the L.A. Chargers. I am really concerned about them because I'm like, what are you doing? Something, I thought that they would fire the coach, but they're going to ride it out. And Patrick Mahomes threw for 424 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, are the Chiefs ready to run the table? That's another question that uh, we'll be pondering over the next couple weeks. So, who's real and who's not? Right? That's what everyone wants to know. I will say this. Who's real and who's not? Let's talk about it. Let's go over the standards. Can I find the standings? Shit. Let's find the standings. Here we go. All right. So, Miami Dolphins at 5-2. and two. Are they real or are they not? Now, I will say offensively, they are for real. Um, they're 5-2, point differential plus 54. They are for real, but they're not for real as the best team in the AFC, which is how they're looking right now. 
they don't even have the best point differential in the division. That's Buffalo. Buffalo's plus 80 in the division through seven games. So, last five, three, and two. So, Miami's a roughly a 500 team over the last five games. Despite the big 70-point victory, this team is really not as great as the 5-2 and two record would indicate. Uh, Baltimore Ravens leading the AFC North right now at 5-2. and two. Are they for real or are they not? They have a plus differential of 74. Are they for real or are they not? Oh, back to Miami for a second. Miami also gives up the most points in the division right now. In the AFC East. They give up 187 points. They give up. They have given up 187 points. Now they scored the most at 240. But they are giving up by far. The most points. Per game. In the AFC. And. They're right there with the Broncos. And the Colts. In the NFL. So they're their top three. And points allowed. So. They give up a lot of points. You can get points off of Miami. Colts are right there. And Colts are a bad team anyway. And also, the, uh, who's the other team? Colts and the Denver Bron- Broncos. And we know the Broncos are number one, but 70 of those points came from that Miami. So that's what a large portion of that came from Miami. Now, Patriots give a lot of points, too. They give it a 177, but like I said, I think that turns around later in the year. So out of all the top teams in the division, in the AFC, Ravens only give up 97 points, their defense. Uh, Jaguars, 146, and Kansas City, 105. The Miami is the one team that's given up a lot of points. And their plus, plus differentials only plus 53. And I say only because for a team that is 5-2, they give up. Their point differential is pretty low. Like I said, Buffalo has a higher point differential as well as the Ravens and um, Kansas City. So, yeah. Kansas City 6-1, they're for real, obviously. Jacksonville at 5-2, and two, I think they are for real as well. They also play in a weak division, so we fully expect them to take advantage. But the Houston Texans are 3-3. Three and three. Are they for real? That's a good one, because I don't think so. But they're playing well. Jaguars, four-game winning streak. Chiefs on a six-game winning streak. And... The uh, those are the two hottest teams in in the in the conference. Now let's go over to the NFC. The Eagles at six and one. They have a plus forty five differential. Cowboys at plus fifty four. Yeah, I still think it's going to be a collision course between Eagles and Cowboys. At the end of the year, they might fight for the division. May come come down to a game. Commanders and Giants, they're not that good. 
Detroit is the is the team to beat in the North. The Vikings got uh they're trying to hang around, but uh with the collapse of the Bears, it looks like there's room for a second place team could be the Vikings in that division. The Bears are, are completely um disappointing this year. Falcons at four and three, we we expected the Falcons to be the team. Can they sustain this? Can they stay in first place and win it? Tampa has something to say about it. Tampa had a bye week, so the team who who can challenge this division is wide open. Of course, this might be one of the worst divisions in football. Uh but uh, I will say this: I think the Buccaneers. They're going to be okay, but I still think it's up to the Falcons. If any team could come up and probably take this division, I think it will be the Saints. They have the wild card in that division to take it. The 49ers at 5-2, and two, they've come back down a bit, but here come the Sea Chickens. This division has turned out to be the most competitive division, at least with the first three teams between 49ers and Seahawks. And Rams. Both all these teams are within a game or two from each other. And the, the, there's no guarantee the 49ers are just going to run away with this. I think through the first few weeks, people thought, oh, the, you know, first five weeks, people thought the 49ers are going to run away with the West. It doesn't look like that right now. Um, sea Chickens are right there, and the Rams, who had a tough loss, I still think they're good enough to to win this division or at least compete. So we'll keep an eye on the West going down for the last few weeks of the year. Cardinals are completely done. Cardinals competitive as they were the first few weeks. They lost four in a row. I think that uh, this season is over. To be honest, they're done. So, and that's that. Now, still a lot of year left. Like I said, 10 games, 11 games for most teams. But uh, we will see what happens as everyone is still alive in the playoffs. No one has officially been eliminated yet. But it's safe to say that the Panthers, Cardinals will not make the playoffs. I'm just going to book it right now. Their season's done, especially the Panthers. They like 0 6. They're looking at the worst record in football. So that's that. All right, let's move on real quick. We got the NBA. <clears throat> the National Basketball Association kicks off tonight or Tuesday night with a doubleheader and Lakers Nuggets, Suns Warriors. So some drama already unfolding in the NBA to kick off the year and let's talk about um, who's going to be what in the NBA uh, we see we know the offseason has some big deals Chris uh, Chris Paul ended up with, on the Warriors Jordan Poole went out to Washington um, Damian Lillard with Milwaukee Christoph Porzingis in Boston and a few other trades and deals happened. A couple unknown guys got some contracts and some money. 
So I think with the 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 wide open of the NBA as far as talent pool goes, you're gonna see some guys put up some numbers in the league that there's points available for a lot of guys to do. So you're gonna see guys have career years. And I think teams understand this. That's why they started giving out these contracts. A lot of guys got rookie extensions, even guys who you don't you never heard of, or guys who had minimum um uh, impact because teams understand that the league is so wide open that guys are going to put up numbers. You lock them up now in their third year before they reach that fourth year and have a career year, then you got to pay them super max. You lock them in now. You don't worry about the super max later. So that's why you've seen teams do that. And, um, but let's talk about what to expect on the docket for the NBA, the question is going to be, oh yeah, the latest signing was the Bucks signing uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo to a three-year, $186 million contract extension, which will lock him in Milwaukee on the same time frame with Damian Lillard's contract. I think Damian has about three or four years left as well, so the Bucks are keeping that those two together for the duration and remember, uh, and, and apparently Giannis is satisfied with Damian Lillard being traded because at one point Giannis had claimed they had reported or they had reported that Giannis would not sign an extension unless he sees that the Bucks were willing to improve the roster and commit to winning. And with the trade of Damian Lillard, that satisfied Giannis to sign the extension. Now, I don't believe that the Damian Lillard trade will propel Milwaukee to uh, an NBA title, but Giannis believes it, and the Milwaukee Bucks believe it, and that's all that matters, and that's why Giannis signed the deal. Now, another guy who has that did not get paid this offseason or got a new contract was guard Clay Thompson. Thompson and the Warriors are far apart on any contract extension, and this is not good, at least for Clay Thompson, as the Warriors are probably thinking, well, you know, you came off a big injury, you struggled in the playoffs last year, you're not in a negotiation, a negotiating position. And they're right. I mean, Clay Thompson was awful last year in the playoffs. He was probably one of the main reasons why they lost. And they definitely should have lost to Sacramento. And if they would have lost that series to Sacramento, I fully believe that Clay Thompson is not a warrior today. I fully believe that. I think it's easy to sell them losing to the Lakers. It's like, well, the Lakers had LeBron and and they were the better team. Like they could sell that easier to to the front office, but I fully believe the way Clay played against Sacramento, if they would have lost that series to a young, inexperienced Kings team, I think Clay would would have gotten traded. Or they would have said, No, we're not giving you a deal. The fact that they are in talks for an extension says that they still like Clay. And they still value him, but not at the price that Clay wants. So what's going to happen? Will Clay come out and have a big year this year? Because if he does that, he would up his value. And then the Warriors have to, 
will have to make a decision to either trade him at the deadline or give him the contract he wants in the offseason. So, Clay, it could still work in Clay's favor, but I think that the Warriors don't really want to pay the high luxury tax, especially if they're not going to win a title. Are the Warriors a title contending team? Can they win a championship this year? I say no. But anything can happen. Other signings across the league, uh, T-Wolf signed Jaden McDaniels. This is one of those contracts that we were talking about. I think McDaniels averaged like 12 points a game last year, but they like his upside. This is an upside signing because if he comes out this year and averages 25 a game or 20 and 10, then he probably would be aligned for a bigger contract. So they lock him in now. If he's really as good as they think, that contract would be a bargain two, three years from now when players are making 45, 50 million a year they got McDaniels making about 27, 20 a year so it would be a bargain 30 a year, so it would be a bargain or it would be under 30 actually because it's 5 years, 136 so it's about 27-ish so that would be a bargain two years from now if this guy becomes a stud so the Wolves are banking on that a um, couple other guys, some guy named Ayaka Okonwo. He signed a four-year $62 million deal. I don't know who that is from the Atlanta Hawks. Down a rookie extension for that guy. And what's going to harden? Uh, James Harden's status is still... Uh, kind of up in the air now right Harden wanted out of Philly but um he's still a sixer right now he didn't practice on Monday so we don't know what's gonna happen with that so a couple guys got some extension Josh Green a few others around the league Cole Anthony got an extension uh so now we're gonna go through this really quick so eight players to keep an eye on this season, right? Eight players that you're going to keep an eye on this year. Who are the eight guys to keep an eye on both the 2024 season? Who are the eight guys? Yes, you're wondering. Who are those eight guys? Well, let's start off with, remember, uh, Chet Holmgren is classified as a rookie this year. So the rookie of the year race between Chad Holmgren and uh, Wim, Wim, Wimby, Wimby, the Wimby kid, Chris Paul and Jordan Poole are proven to see what they're going to do this year for their respective new teams. How about the Raptors? Scotty Barnes, another guy to keep an eye on. Austin Reeves from the uh, the Lakers. The Lakers open and this guy becomes the third star, which I think is a joke. But is Austin Reeves the third star on the Lakers? Will he become the, the number three piece behind LeBron and uh, behind AD and LeBron? Right. Uh, Evan Mobley for the Cavs. Will Evan Mobley have a big year? Will he take the next step? And and uh. 
becoming that star player for the Cavaliers alongside of uh, Donovan Mitchell. Also, Jaden McDaniels, who got the big contract, will he be the next big piece for the T-Wolves? So those are the guys that people around the league will be keeping an eye on to see if these guys are legit or not. Now, let's go over who we think is going to have a big year. Find a preview. There's some previews here on who's going to win what awards. Let me see if I agree with this list. The NBA Crystal Ball. So, Eastern Conference Finals. People will fully expect the uh, Bucks and Celtics to meet up. This is a a, a uh, this is pretty much the uh, the prediction across the board. I mean, almost everybody in the NBA and NBA circles, for the most part, I think about ninety nine percent has Celtics Bucks meeting up in the Eastern Conference Finals. Where many having the Bucks, well, not many. I think it's kind of split on who they think will win. I think the Celtics are going to be there. I'm not so sure about Milwaukee. Uh, it never goes according to plan. There's always some kind of hiccup. I think Milwaukee is vulnerable. I really believe that, honestly. Milwaukee is vulnerable. And the Celtics are vulnerable too, don't get me wrong. But I think that because they're vulnerable for fatigue. Right, I mean, this team for the last five, six, seven years have been competing, and at least for the last three, four years, they've been in long, deep playoff runs, and that is that can get fatigued as well. So it's not a guarantee that the Celtics will make it to the Eastern Conference Finals as well. But I think if I had to bet, I would take the Celtics over Milwaukee. I just think the Celtics are a better team. So we will see about that. But everyone has the uh everyone has the um <clears throat> Bucks and Celtics meeting up. I think in the West it's the Denver Nuggets and then it's everyone else. I know Phoenix made big trades in the offseason, they brought in some pieces. Um we're going to see what Sacramento does. Can they improve on uh, their year? And the Clippers are the wild card in the Western Conference with Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. But the wild card is a, it's a small wild card because I don't think they're going to be healthy. That's the problem. If the Clippers are healthy, they could be probably a top three team in the West. But the health is a big question mark. Golden State, another wild card as well. We'll see what they do with Chris Paul. Chris Paul has a track record of teams doing really well when he shows up, right? Phoenix, you know, Clippers were doing well when he got there. Phoenix, and now Golden State. I fully believe that the Clippers, I mean, the Warriors will be a good team um, this year. How good, I don't know. And then, of course, the Lakers. I think the West is going to be competitive. Uh, then you got the young teams out West, like uh, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Utah. I mean, it's going to be, I think the West is really good. 
And when I say really good, I'm not saying like I think like is the West like not early two thousands Western Conference good, right? Like Kobe, Denver, Dallas, and those guys with Shaq. But I think the West is a lot deeper because you look at it, top to bottom here, like the Spurs could be improved. I think the only anyway the Pelicans could be good if Zion is playing. Uh. Dallas, obviously, with Luka and Kyrie. Memphis, defensively, really good. Houston, they made some moves in the offseason. They could be competitive. Spurs with the number one pick, the kid. And then they have a couple other pieces. Portland could still be pretty decent with DeAndre Aiden. Minnesota, their young core with McDaniels, Edwards, Carl Towns. You got OKC's young core. You got Denver, the champs. You got Utah's young team is solid. They got some players over there. Phoenix, obviously, Sacramento, Clippers, Lakers. I mean, the well, top 1 to 15, well, I would say, except for, like, probably Houston for the most part. And I think Memphis is going to struggle early on, but they still defensively, they were solid. Um, Is there a large gap between, like, you got Denver. Maybe you could say Phoenix is... Probably number two, at least on paper. And then, you know, you could probably put, like, I think Denver is in a class by himself. You got Denver tier one. Tier two, you could probably throw in Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah, tier two is like Phoenix. And then you got tier three with, like, Lakers, Sacramento, Clippers, Warriors, all those. They're all bunched up in tier three. There's a lot of tier three, then tier four me. But it's not a large gap. I think the Western Conference is going to be pretty competitive from top to bottom. Eastern Conference, not sure, not so sure about. Um, I <clears throat> really sold much on that. I think there's a clear cut between uh, Boston. Some people like Miami still. I don't know. I think Miami's not that good. I think they got lucky. They were the HD last year. But we'll see how they respond. I think Boston is still the clear-cut best team. And then you got the second tier with uh, a healthy Philly. And then you got... Uh, I don't know. I mean, Boston, Milwaukee, excuse me. And then the second tier is like Philly. And the others, Miami, Knicks, all a bunch in one. I mean, I don't know. I think the West is clear-cut the better conference this year. Still not as good as the early 2000s as the Western Conference, but I think with the league being so watered down, the the from the best team in the league to the worst team, there's really not a huge gap. Now, you can say, well, then that doesn't mean the league is watered down. It is because I, I think when there was a gap early on, like in the early 2000s, it was top-heavy with the gap, right? Like early 2000s, <clears throat> Western Conference with like six, seven teams going 50 games, and they all were really good, right? You had the, the Portlands, the uh, the Sacramento, the Lakers, you know, Garnett with T-Wolves, you know, uh, Dallas, Phoenix, Seattle. Or, you know, these teams were really good, um, and either one of those teams could have came out the West. San Antonio, of course. And they were legitimate, like, 
like at least five of those teams were legitimate contenders. Like when I look at the Western Conference, even though the West is going to be competitive and pretty good from top to bottom, there's really only one, maybe two teams that are like title contenders. Right? Like think about it. Like can you, how many teams in the West do you think can win the title? Denver? Yes. Phoenix? Maybe. This will maybe with the Lakers because you got to factor in the LeBron effect. And then the Clippers, if they stay healthy, then I don't think so. I think a healthy Clipper team, yes. A healthy, uh, a healthy Clipper team and a healthy Nuggets team, those are the two teams that I think is like, like Denver guarantee, yes, a title contenders. I think the maybe category you got maybe healthy Clippers, Maybe Phoenix, <laughs> and then you got Lakers, Golden State. But those are not guaranteed title contenders. I think Denver is the only one. Completely different than the early 2000s. In the Easter Conference, Celtics and Milwaukee are the only two teams that are legit title contenders. Everyone else is kind of like playoff contenders and competitor, which is not the case. So it's really only like three teams in the NBA are like legitimate title contenders like legit then you, then you want to you know stretch it out it might be like five or six teams across the league that might can win it all but for the most part it's about three or four teams that are like okay these four teams are legit title contenders now can things change with injuries and all that stuff yeah of course but I was just saying that it's not the same as the Western Conference of the early 2000s. I think the league is a little weak. So that's my take on it. All right, so let's wrap this thing up. Don't forget, NBA season kicks off with the uh, Lakers Nuggets tonight, Nuggets uh, Tuesday night. Nuggets are going to have the ring ceremony, and we're going to see the new-look Suns take on the Warriors and go to state. In that second game. I'm probably going to look more forward to the Suns Warriors. Because I want to see what this new Suns team look like. And I want to see how Chris Paul looks in a Warrior offense. So that's what I'll be looking forward to. So, that's it. Sports page run by sports fans. Peace.